Well, hello, Marketing Sweats fans. I'm so excited to bring you this final season four bonus episode with one of my best friends and coworkers, Aaron Bowald. Aaron is our Executive Strategy and Planning Director at Symantle. That means she has a firsthand insight into what our clients are struggling with. And I've personally always found her to see and hear things in a really insightful way, which is what makes her so great. She can hone in on client challenges like no other and translate client needs back to our internal teams. So I thought she was the perfect person to invite on the show to talk about our new Symantle ebook. We're calling it The Big Globe Book of CX, an infrastructure brand's guide to gain alignment and achieve better CX. I encourage you to download it and have a read, but if you're better with audio, just listen to this episode and hear Aaron talk about all the great insights inside. And excuse our goofy banter throughout. It's been a long couple months as the year winds down. No one can make me giggle quite like Aaron. So we thought we'd keep this one casual because we can all use a little laughter in our lives right now. Here she is, Erin Bowald. So I'm super excited to be here with my good friend and coworker, Erin Bowald. Erin has been with Samantha how many years? 14. 14 years. That's a long time. We old. We very old. We are old. <laughs> and I've been here 17 years and I'm so happy to have you on the podcast for so many reasons. But one of them is because you have an amazing voice. Isn't that weird? It sounds like gremlin to me, <laughs> but I appreciate it. No, you people need to know that you are an amazing singer and I might make you sing later. I have been wanting to have you on the podcast for so many reasons, but one of them is because obviously you oversee our client services team and all of our mm. strategies. So I feel like you're very close to our clients' challenges. Yes. And that's what I want you to speak about today. So talk a little bit about just so people can get to know you, your career trajectory and kind of what you do here at Symantle. I started at Symantle three, four years after college. Okay. Had worked in the music industry, wanted to move back home. And then Samantha had a job opening, and so I applied. And I started in an entry-level position called account coordinator, which doesn't even exist right now. But it was still on the client side. So I was an account coordinator, worked my way up to be an account manager, senior account manager, some other titles, whatever. Always managing the account. I like to understand what makes people tick. And I yes. like to, I feel like I'm really good at sensing what people are feeling. I'm such a people person, and so I... Like that's my mission in life is to understand people better, which is why I think I'm in the right role here at Samantle. Absolutely. And I'm anxious to get your ideas. So we were just joking. By the way, for all the listeners, we're sitting here drinking wine because it's Friday afternoon at three o'clock and we're tired, <laughs> but it's going to be a good discussion because Erin's going to walk us through some of the challenges she's been experiencing working through her client accounts today. And the reason we're having the discussion is because we have been working on an ebook. We're calling it the Big Little Book of CX, an infrastructure brand's guide to gain alignment and achieve better CX. Before we dive into the weeds of some of the issues we want to talk through that are in the white paper, tell us a little bit, Erin, about your experience working with infrastructure brands and what that means in terms of Samantha being sort of a heavy industry B2B agency. I had to do a ton of research to really understand what the heck was happening. I think I had a lot of misperceptions as I came in. And so as you think of CX, research is such a huge part of it and knowing and understanding those organizations and their customers. So I feel like 
it was a huge learning curve. Got involved in multiple business units within some of those heavy industry brands. And then also one thing that's hard with those kinds of brands is usually they're very segmented and they're piece part E. That's not a word, but that's <laughs> what it is. Highly matrix, siloed and, lots of okay. silos, understanding how all the piece parts fit, understanding right. how customers overlap with each other. And so I feel like I'm still learning today, like with the big client that we work with right yes, now. Yes, we can like, say it. Caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, every day I'm in meetings where I'm learning new things and then taking it back and trying to tell specific teams at Semianol how this customer's viewpoint relates to this customer's viewpoint and how to tie it all back together sure. here at Semianol and help our clients get there too. Right. Well, one of the things in this ebook that we were super intentional about is defining what an infrastructure brand even is, because oh. sometimes, you know, that gets confusing. Like, is it a manufacturing brand? Like, what does heavy industry even mean? And so I'll read the list because it may come up as we go through. Okay. This includes everything from construction to mining to manufacturing, energy, heavy equipment, water and wastewater systems, agriculture and transportation. So anything that like helps build our world essentially falls on that list. And it's I would the say GER brands. It is the GER brands, but we don't always approach it through a GER lens, right? Yeah. And I feel like some of our most successful things that we have done have been about our customers as humans, right? Like everybody takes off their construction hat, their boots, whatever, and goes home right. to their people, their people yeah. and their family and live their lives at home. So, I mean, I think that that's so important because yeah. I think that was one of the misconceptions I had is like, I knew who that customer was because it was my like uncle. But then I'm like, but they're also in my life and they're at the Thanksgiving table yeah. and they're beyond the person behind the tractor. Yeah. I'm curious, what has it been like being a female in this industry, working with a lot of these heavy industry brands? Great question. I've felt like I've had to prove myself and really dig in and research, but there's also some opportunities. People think it's kind of unique, like this girl knows about dozers. Like, what? <laughs> what is that about? And I love telling other people, sure. like, what do you do as Mantle? Well, you know, one of our biggest clients is Cat. Yeah. And then I'm like, mm, let me tell you about a motor grader, <laughs> you know, like things that I never sure. thought I would. But I think being a woman is kind of unexpected in some ways. You have something to prove. Yeah. I don't have anything to draw on personally sure. from that. And so it's, I better get to know the brand. I better get to know the customer and understand what makes them tick. Awesome. Cool. Well, you know, we go further in this ebook and we sort of outline a challenge that I think we see as an agency across the board, regardless of industry, regardless of client. And it's really this evolution, right, from helping companies define their brand, which is core to what Samantha will always do, to moving them into focus on customer experience. So in your 14 years here, talk a little bit about how you've seen that evolution happen with your clients. Like, are you still doing both with some accounts? Yeah. How I started, it was all about brand, right? And I think sometimes we came into it with a mentality that we know our customers and we had assumptions about them, but we were so focused on communicating out what we thought the brands were, less about what our customers needed. Sure. And it continues to transition. And I think we're so much more focused on, okay, what are the customer pain points? What gaps can we help fill as a brand? versus pushing that message that's so brand heavy. They're both so important, right? Like you right. have to know who you are as a brand. Right. That's the core of who you are, but you have to make sure that you understand the customer and make sure that that's a fit. And not yeah. every brand is for every customer. Sure. So I think it's definitely evolved. I think brand is at the core of everything that we do. And that's 
kind of the starting point. Do you know who you are right. for our clients? And then do you know who your customer is? And I think a lot of our clients would say, yes, of course we know our customer, but I don't think they all know them as well as they could. And I think that's the journey we've been on is helping figure out who those mm-hmm. customers are. I'm hearing you say there's a part of branding that's very inside out, like what are the core values and how are we going to put that sort of aspirational thing into the universe? But as we migrated to become more of a CX agency and our client help our clients with that, it was almost like it went beyond just voice of customer research, right? And it was like personas and really understanding mindsets and behaviors. So would love to hear even an example of that. One of your clients maybe went on that journey. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of examples that come to mind. We had a non-Caterpillar brand that we worked with quite a while ago. And they had a lot of work to do on the brand. Their brand was evolving. It was a very old family-owned company. And so they had that journey that they were on. But then as they kind of evolved, they knew their customer and they knew pain points of their customer, but they didn't understand where they were kind of in their journey. So I'm talking about Napide. But I think it was more about making it real because they talked about their customers in general, like... It was always so general. They didn't sure. name them. And so I think the journey we went on with NatPide was we created personas for them so that we could understand where are things that NatPide wasn't delivering for their customers. And in order to make it real, we did a lot of research with customers, but we also looked at competitors. We looked at brands that are doing really well. And the thing that stood out for me with NatPide was that we created these personas and we gave them a name, right? So they had four or five personas. And the thing that was the coolest thing ever is we built out each of these people. We gave them qualities. What is their home life like? Where do they consume media? All of these things. And we humanized them. And so it brought them from talking about like customers. They always just talked about customers in general, and maybe they had specific product lines they were focused on to talking about their personas by name. And so it made it more real Mm -hmm. versus before it was just too general and it didn't make it real. It didn't make them want to deliver for Mike or Joe or whoever the customers were. And I think that was, was something that clicked in all of us when they're in a meeting and they're focusing in on this one persona and they know that persona. It's like one of their friends, you know, you know so much and you have a lot of deep information about that person. So I think that was really helpful for them is that it was connection piece. It Absolutely. Made it, real. it made it so real. And helpful for us as an agency, right? Like to be able to go from segment marketing, both based on industry or product to like human marketing, where we're sitting right. at an executive table and talking about those people. So I think we're hitting on one of the sort of core challenges that we see across the board is really getting closer to that customer as people are trying to define their CX experience. But I want to back up. I think there's even sort of more of an internal business challenge for brands that are embarking on this CX endeavor. Some of the things we talk about in the ebook are things like even finding a CX champion, somebody who's like trained in this discipline versus like a traditional marketer who maybe came up through engineering or some other aspect of the company. Now we're trying to move a customer through a journey or even something as simple as like bringing together data, right? Those are the things so many of our clients are struggling with. So what have you seen to be successful, Erin, and the accounts that you're leading across those kinds of challenges and bringing that internal alignment? I think first and foremost is there should be someone dedicated to CX and that person has to have some technical capability or understanding because it, it goes beyond 
like spray and pray marketing at this point. And so understanding how we actually map out customer journeys and technologies that we have as a a company to be able to meet them where they are. I don't know, like there's that old saying that advertising is liquor and guessing. And in some (laughs) ways, as we say, you're drinking wine, but it has become so scientific and having an actual champion for CX allows a person to have a specialty and understanding in like tech stack and the customer journeys that exist for a company to bring leaders together sure. and have it almost not an outside perspective, but come to work with the customer perspective, not a business unit perspective, not a financial goals perspective. So to have someone actually focused on CX is huge. But I think if you don't have someone focused on that, some of the goals and some of the the messages we put out are a little too self-serving. Sure. Talk a little bit about how you define CX when talking with your clients. Because I think um, for those of us who are in the marketing field, we can name the artifacts of it, right? Personas, journey mapping, whatever. But you and I just got off a client call right before this where they were talking about like sort of revolutionizing their brand and the way they interact with their customers all the way out through their reps, which is a big sort of thing in these heavy industry. Yeah. It's, it's not about the brand communicating with the end user. There's usually like a middleman mm-hmm. of some sort, whether it's a dealer, a distributor, a rep. So yeah, putting all that in the context of CX, why are all those touch points important? Yeah. And how is it different than traditional marketing? For a lot of my clients, you have to take their job and their company out of it. Literally think about yourself. Yeah. What are the things that you experience? And I don't care what brand it is. If you're a B2B company, you should be coming to your job as a consumer. Think about everything that you consume. Think about your your car and your car brand and how you decided to buy your car, why you decided to buy your car. Once you buy your car, what was that experience like? You have a dealer sales rep who's talking to you. Let's say you decide to finance that car at the dealership. What is that experience like? Right. And how do those two things work together? And then after you're driving your car and you have a flat tire and you go <laughs> and you get your car serviced or you take sure. it in, what is the service experience like? Right. So I feel like For me, when I talk about that, you have to take your company out of it and make it real, which is like, that is what CX is, right? What is your real experience? And think about your end customer and how they're experiencing your brand in all these different ways that you sometimes feel like you have no control over. So how do you influence those experiences? And those experiences exist beyond people. I just talked a lot about humans, Mm -hmm. but then how are you communicating via email? How are you communicating via advertising? How are you communicating via follow-ups and calls and communication? And it's so far beyond what people think of campaigns and marketing. It's literally every single thing that that happens that has that name, that logo associated with it matters up to that brand. And I think the best way to do that is to think about your own personal experience. And especially if you've had a bad experience, it's so easy. But then when you think about a good experience, it's those things that really go overboard to delight you. I hate that word. I hate when people say (laughs) it's a delighter. But it's like a customer is going to be far more excited about an experience that's way above and beyond. If you're just doing a good job on CX, no one's going to talk about you or think about you. What do you do to go beyond and make it such an amazing experience that people are going to talk about it in a great way? You talked a lot about understanding the customer, but how are the clients you working with serving their middleman distributor as the customer? And what does that look like in terms of their customer experience? Yeah. One of the things that I think is so interesting is when 
we have a, a customer or client problem to solve and we get in a workshop. That's our favorite thing to do. And we talk about, we have this exercise called the who do exercise. So it's I like, that one, who yeah. are all your customers? What do you want them to do? What about your dealer network? Yes. Or what about your salespeople? Right. And that is one of the most important customers sure. because it's so important that we're communicating to them, not only the data and information we have about the end user customer, but asking them questions about what they need because a lot of times they're the face of the brand. They have the hardest job because they have to understand and embrace what the brand is about and a ton of communication coming from the enterprise. But they're face-to-face with a customer every single day. They know kind of the intricacies of the customer, but an enterprise can help support that with data, right? So they have a lot of anecdotal experience, but it's so powerful when you dig in and you partner with the dealer network to be able to layer the data that an enterprise may have or an agency partner may have with that anecdotal experiential thing that the dealer experiences day in and day out. Yeah, the closer you are to the customer, right? The more you seem to know them. Some of our favorite work to do is sort of that inside out communication cascade beyond the bright and shiny campaign. So to summarize, in the ebook, we talk about sort of three problems these infrastructure brands are having. And it starts with that internal alignment, right? Those CX champions getting the internal team on board. It extends out through the dealer distributor alignment that we talked about. And then sort of the final piece, of course, is really understanding who that consumer is. Outside of those three problems, are there any others that come to mind for you that organizations who are just embarking on this journey are struggling with? I mean, I think one of the biggest problems that everyone has is understanding the technology that can enable you to really be an amazing CX company because technology is changing so freaking fast, right? And so I feel like almost every organization we work with has a legacy tech stack. And it's like everything is duct taped (laughs) together and everyone's so frustrated by that. I don't know a lot of companies that have this beautiful tech stack that works together marvelously for every business unit for their customer. So I think that's the biggest challenge. And I think it's about also connecting the power of that tech stack and that data and how it can work for you to benefit not only the customer, but then start to improve your sales and your profits. And that it just takes a lot of people to get in there and understand. It takes data scientists and it takes marketers and it takes this huge community of people to make that tech stack work for you. And that's tough. That's tough at big companies, especially because there's so many requirements and there's, there's so many different customer viewpoints and so many different ways of using the data that it's hard. I think that's been the hardest thing for us to deal with as marketers to be able to, you know, get everyone to see how that data needs to work from a marketing standpoint. Totally. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to like one of the solutions I think we provide in that space. Would love your take on this. But I know we've been really intentional about moving beyond sort of media as a discipline and marketing automation as a discipline and analytics as its own lane and development as its own lane, like trying to bring all of those traditional marketing skills together to do really dynamic and sort of integrated if then programs, right? Logic. If logic. And that's still using creativity inside of that logic because it takes a lot of it. But I know some of the programs we're working on now that we're really proud of, like measure that customer's behavior and then offer them information based on their specific action. So is that in your mind kind of the end all be all of where you want clients to get? 
Think about when you're served something in your email or you're on a website and you're served something that is like, what I'm getting a cat food ad. I don't have a cat. <laughs> right. I don't want but if you serve me my freaking shoe that I just looked at a day ago, I'm like, oh my God, I really do need those shoes. <laughs> the end game for me is just like being able to give the customer exactly what they want and being able to get rid of the clutter. I mean, some of the things that I feel like I'm most proud of that Samantha has done has has been some of these programs where we're able to build logic and actually understand customers' behaviors, what their interests are, and just give them that because nobody wants the other stuff. But I think the coolest thing is, you know, when we've sold some of these programs, it was, we were hoping that our clients came along, right? Right. And we've been able to prove out through metrics and yeah. through sales data, right? Because we're now able to connect some of the sales back to That's those cool. programs yeah. that that works. And that is the customer expectation, sure. especially for our, our technically, I'm using air quotes, B2B yeah. customers. Your customer, your business customer doesn't care that you're viewing them as a business. They yeah. they come to the world as a consumer Absolutely. at the end of the day. And so, I don't know, I think that that's been the coolest thing, but it takes a lot of work and it takes a ton of alignment mm -hmm. and a lot of people have to get on the same page. And so I'm really proud of the work that we've done there. Yeah. Well, you use the word alignment and kind of spoiler alert, that's the whole solution, right? That's like what we contend as an agency that when you're in that messy space and you want to have this sort of integrated, super engaging CX experience, it doesn't happen overnight. And you talked about our workshop model earlier. Yeah. So why is that usually a foundational good place to start, especially in these highly matrix siloed organizations? I think it's so funny because I think sometimes leaders don't have these very basic conversations and they make some assumptions that everybody's on the same page. So I love going into workshops and having people say things like, wow, I've never, yeah. I never thought of it that way. But it's so important that they're able to establish we're all on the same page about our brand right? right and what we stand for. We're all on the same page about our goals. And then the next step is, do we really know who our customer is? Like, who should we be focusing on? What are they really like? Yeah. And I just think people hadn't been talking about that and they just made assumptions that everybody was on the same page or they thought about it so broadly that they sure. weren't able to dig in and actually do some of those more customized targeted messages yeah. that we have to do. Or they haven't looked at it in a while, right? I think we all, yeah. especially now year end, we're in that annual planning cycle. And it's so funny. I have a workshop coming up in two or three weeks here with a client that I think is pretty dang sophisticated, right? I look at their campaigns and their journey mapping and they're, they're super far ahead. And yet I talked to their man marketing manager in preparation for going down to visit and facilitate this meeting. And something like you said, as simple as, what are our goals for next year? Yeah. Who are our audiences? I feel like we a lot of times have to pull that out of them because yeah. everybody's so busy sure. in the work and in the day to day. So doing these workshops has been awesome because it really pulls that out of people and we have exercises to do that and it kind of forces people to make a call. And then it's just so important to go back and ask the question, why? Is yeah. that person still our target? Why? Totally. What's happened with them? So I think Another thing, and I think it's something Samantha is known for, is just and some people are probably annoyed by, if we're being <laughs> we're a honest. a little too curious sometimes. Yeah, we're so curious. We're always <laughs> asking why, but I think that's too why we've had success is because if you don't ask why, you're just going to continue with the status quo and nothing's ever going to change and yeah, evolve. Yeah. And everything around you is changing and evolving, so you better be asking why. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, I know our solution to this whole CX alignment challenge is, you know, we sort of use this building on a house analogy to get to what is basically just like laying the foundation to these fully automated programs. It does take a lot of time, effort, blood, sweat and tears. Yes. And I think, honestly, one of the things I'm most proud of is getting teams that in some ways may be super siloed and compete with one another Mm -hmm. to see that the most important thing we can do is focus on the customer and a lot of those competing KPIs or goals or metrics sort of go by the wayside and then like all ships rise. And I know you've been a part of a lot of those kinds of conversations. It's so amazing. And sometimes those clients need like other people's case studies to understand that it is so important to put those things aside and instead of it's not that we're not focusing on your KPIs, right? You know, like those are still those so are important. important too. However, it's just focus on the customer and it may take a little bit more time, but you will see that your KPIs will be met and hopefully exceeded, right? It's yeah. just so much more powerful with the whole community. And yeah. I think you're talking about that whole build the house analogy. And I do want to say one of the things from our work when we we're kind of building some of these customer-based programs, communicating the vision for that laying the foundation, putting up the walls, putting the roof on, then finally doing some landscaping and that kind of thing. Like that's how we talk about it. But I think if you're not super overt with the executive office or the ownership team or whoever's kind of funding that, it'll come back to bite you, right? So you have to say laying the foundation doesn't take two months. Laying the foundation may take two years, Right. right? Depending on what the project is. And I just think being real and showing how much work goes into that. And if you literally think about building a house, like you go by in your neighborhood and it's like they're digging, they're digging, there's a freaking hole in the ground forever. Right. And you just, it's like months and months, like what are they doing? And then you go by the next week and you're like, oh my God, the walls are up and like they're, they're starting to do the roof. So it's, the most painful part is laying the foundation, sure. right? And everybody just wants to see the beautifully manicured house right. with the perfect flowers and bushes. Yes. And But they don't realize that that doesn't, like the house is going to fall over if the foundation isn't <laughs> built, Absolutely. right? But it just takes time thinking about your tech stack. Do you know your customer? What's their persona? What's their journey? Yes. And those are all the requirements. And if you don't do that, yes. your house is going to fall in. <laughs> like you're, right. it's going to fall in on you. Well, I love how you're talking about both the foundational artifacts of CX are critical, but you're also talking about thinking five years out. And so many of our clients have not done the five years out thinking and then have had to unplug or rip out the foundation yeah. because the business requirements weren't there. I also think that your idea that this is an investment over time. And so no longer is it like an annual planning cycle, yeah. right? It's yes. like, how much do we need to have in our budget to afford this house that we're building Yes, and keep it maintained for the long term? Yeah. Like, we talk about building the plane while you're flying it. Right. To some degree, there's a little bit about that, but it's like you got to be an engineer to build the plane while you're flying it. So yes. you have to be thinking about the science of it all and what what you need five years from now. And that can change, right? Sure. Like we've seen in some of the programs we've built, like when we said put the walls up, what does that mean? And we're like, oh, wait a minute, the technology is not there. So maybe putting the walls up means this now. Yes. So it's okay to iterate, but I think you have to have a vision and you have to have the leadership see the vision so they know the expectations. Yes. They're not going to see the pretty house next year. Totally. They're going to see still maybe a little bit of a hole in the ground, yeah, yeah. but the foundation's starting to get built. So if brands and your clients do this whole alignment exercise in the best case scenario, what's the win? right? What does success look like ultimately? What has been in it for you personally as you've done this work? I know that's a big question. My biggest win is when we come up with an idea because we know the challenges our customers have and we get in a room, we get in a workshop 
everybody has their own opinion, some of them based in fact, some of them based in emotion. Neither one is overtly wrong. Right. But it's hard. And my favorite thing for me as a human and just my role in Samantha is when we work through that, and it may not be in that workshop, it may be in the next workshop, when people come out of it and they feel that the heaviness and the weight of the inconsistencies amongst their goals and their vision, but then a couple workshops down the road, they come out and they're like, okay, I see where you're coming from. I'm getting aligned. I have a vision. This is going to be hard, but we know where we're going to see clients go from feeling like almost beat up on. Like, and like, this is never going to happen. This is impossible. Yes. Thanks for bringing up all these problems to, okay, yeah, there's a vision. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit of a long road, right. but we know our customer more. We're aligned sure. and we know what we're doing. Like we know what we stand for. We know where we're going. Like yeah. that to me is just like the ah, moment. See, I told you I'd get her to sing. Oh yeah, there we go. A <laughs> little yeah. more treat for you later. I love it that you didn't go to like the hard metric space. Like, yes, that's important, but sometimes that's not the most rewarding part of the work. And I mean, that's why we're in the business, right? To help other humans. Well, and here's the thing. And you know me and my analytics team hates me because I always am asking them like, so what? What does that mean? What do I tell my clients? And I'm always, so I like metrics. Do not get me wrong. But at the end of the day, when you have a client who's like, holy shit, this is cool. We're finally doing it. Like that is for me what I live for. I love it. It's just, it gives me energy. So I didn't put this on the discussion guide either. God, stop. When you think about like Symantle CX, not your clients, but like the kind of CX we want to deliver for our customers, what comes to mind that we're doing super well today and maybe we need to improve? So I think as we continue to grow and evolve, we need to continue to go back to who we are at our core. And that is we want to know our clients really well. Like that's so uh, important to me in client service, right? Yeah. And so for me within everything, you can do a better job, whether that's your coworker, whether that's your client, if you know them in mm. some way, right? Yeah. And that directly connects back to the concepts of CX, right? right. It's like a persona and yes. what are they experiencing? What's their journey? For me, it's so important that I know my clients. What's your husband's name? Yes. Do you have kids? What are your dog's names? Right. Like, that's so important to me because I feel like that makes me committed to doing better yeah. for them. Right. Yeah. And that's all about that CX. It like, is. That CX, is totally. like human connection. Oh, I love that. And I think there's this idea of human CX is really like growing and, it, and it's internal too. It's employee experience. So many of us are struggling to get employees and keep them. So I'm definitely going to take that away from today. I mean, not that I didn't already know that, but I love hearing you say it. And I definitely want to have you back because you have such good perspective. We'll get back to the rest of the interview in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Symantle. I happen to know a thing or two about them because I'm one of the owners. Symantle is an industrial consumer marketing firm with an obsessive focus on customer experience. We not only execute killer marketing campaigns, but we help organizations align around goals, audiences, messages, channels, and tactics to create more than campaigns, but programs that align to business strategies. Symantle has 40 years experience crafting positive, engaging customer experiences at every point in the consumer journey. And if you like what you hear on this podcast, head to samantle.com slash blog for more content. You'll find articles, tips and tricks, do-it-yourself tools, webinars, and more to help you keep learning and growing right along with us.
I guess I'll leave it with the question that I ask every single person that's on the show. What is a question that you have about this space or about anything that you want to know an answer to? What's something you're struggling with that you would want me to pass along to somebody else? Tell me your <clears throat> question, please. My burning question, and I feel like we deal with this with so many of our clients, is the enterprise has a strategy, right? And we can put things out in mass marketing and targeted marketing. The dealer has their own strategy. The distribution network has their own strategy. And how do those two things work together? But in order to sometimes understand if we're successful as a consultant, you want to see the data and the metrics and, and how those things are working together. The thing that's so hard is how do you get an enormous corporation and company and their dealer and distribution network to report back to the same metrics? Yes. And I know it's something we continue to work on and I'm sure it's a struggle for everybody, but to be able to truly have line of sight and full vision into the data of what the distributors and the dealers are yes. doing and the success they're experiencing because of or in spite of the enterprise right. marketing strategy. Yeah. So especially when it's not an owned dealer channel. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if anyone knows how to do that <laughs> and has a quick solution. Yes. I love that. A good question. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. How was your experience on the the Marketing Sweats podcast? Well, I am sweating. <laughs> like, but I don't think I I just think it's the I heat know. in the room. And it's the end of the day on a Friday. So thanks have, for having me. Absolutely. This Thank is you for so coming. weird. It's so fun. Do you guys want me to do some salt and pepper? Yes. <laughs> here I go. Here I go. Here I go. Again, girls, what's my weakness? Man. Okay, then. Chilling. Chilling. Minding my business. You sort of looked around and I couldn't believe this. I swear. I stand. My niece is my witness. The brother had it going over something kind of. Mm. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> okay. Also, why don't I have a glass of wine? I want to thank Erin for coming on the show and sharing her insights. I especially love that she said at the end of our conversation, CX at the end of the day is really about relationship building, something we're all pretty good at as marketers. That said, the discipline of CX is evolving and we all have a lot to learn and debate. I hope you'll take a minute to download the ebook and browse what we consider to be some of the biggest challenge infrastructure brands are experiencing as we're all challenged to manage this evolving space. If it wasn't abundantly clear from our conversation, Samantha believes that alignment, internal stakeholder alignment, dealer or distributor engagement, and end user customer clarity is the way to achieve great CX. And we love being a part of the process with our clients. For now, thanks so much for listening to season four of Marketing Sweats. It's been another fun season of learning and connecting for me. And I hope you'll tune in again next year as we plan out some more amazing guests. And of course, subscribe and leave us a review. Until next time, good luck, marketers. Keep reminding yourself you're doing great things.